it's Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. This time of year is my favorite as it's a lovely holiday season here. Granted, this year is quite different than in past years as we're still in the throes of a pandemic. While many big events are no longer happening, I still look forward to those little things in life that always make me smile. And truly, more time at home means more time to create art, which in itself feels like a gift. I hope you'll be making lots of lovely things to share as we head into the final weeks of the year. Let's continue to spread joy and hope around the world with our art. As you might realize by now, these stories have all appeared on Doodle Wash at some point in the past. For this set, I decided to choose them all from November of last year. This was a time prior to any news of a pandemic and back when life was what we now refer to as normal. What strikes me most is that so many things in life haven't changed at all. Whenever there's a bit of love, a bit of art, and a lot of hope, there's always something beautiful happening that makes me full of gratitude and filled with joy. Perhaps it's just because I live my life with my inner child happily by my side at all times, but that's a really lovely way to get through this life. And no matter what time of year I'm in, it's actually always painting season. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Holding on to Autumn For Prompt of Gourds once, I initially sketched a few and then they looked lonely, so I added in a squirrel admirer. As many of you know, the best friend of our dog Phineas is a squirrel named Michael, or at least that's what we've imagined. Michael's curiosity is amazing to behold and he's often poised on a flower pot or peering around to admire something. As much as I'd like to think my own curiosity is like this, I think I can learn quite a lot from Michael. And this time of year boasts ornamental gourds of all types, and I've always loved seeing them appear to signal the return of autumn, which is my favorite season. I opted for the pumpkin-like style, though there are lots of weird and wonderful gourds to behold. Some look a bit gnarly and bumpy like a witch's nose. They are also far more challenging to sketch, and I didn't have that much time. But I do love the odd and strange-looking gourds you see this time of year. There's so much personality to be found there. In lieu of that version, I'm offering up Curious Michael as my personality infusion to today's sketch. Philippe and I were looking through a magazine this evening that's showing various gifts and foods for the holidays. Actually, it's happening as I type this, so I have to pause regularly each time I hear him squeal with delight. We've currently hit a page that's telling us how to reinvent mulled wine, and as far as we can tell from this over-the-top recipe, you might not remember your evening at all after you drink it. Now the dessert pages are coming up, so the squeals are getting more frequent. Philippe's favorite seems to be the holiday sweater Christmas cookies. We actually have lots of cookie cutters that are sitting on a shelf looking forlorn, having never been used. While there are reindeer and snowmen, there's not a sweater cutter among them. I just mentioned this irony to Philippe and asked if we needed to get some more cookie cutters. He just smiled in that way that's entirely inconclusive. So I've no idea if cookies of any kind are on the list this holiday season, but I'm thrilled to find out what comes next. As much as I love this time of year, it seems to fly by quicker than any other time of year. There's lots of anticipation and then suddenly it's all over and the new year has begun. It's like if I blink, I'll miss it. 
I've already gotten three presents for Philippe this year, which I'm rather proud to declare. Last year, I was very last minute, and all of the things I found that would be really cool had to be shipped from overseas, so I was too late, and they would never arrive in time. This year, I'm making sure that I'm way ahead of schedule. Two of the three presents were already hidden in my closet. Not one of them is THE gift, that big one which comes at the end of our exchange on Christmas Eve. I've still not figured out that one yet. Truly, the more years spent together, the harder it gets to surprise and delight him. We know each other too well by this point in our life and want far less as we get older. There's a certain beauty in that as well. So as I experience the rush of the holiday season, I'm still feeling warm and fuzzy. That wondrous feeling that comes as a new decade quickly approaches while I'm still blissfully holding on to autumn. Imagining a treat. For a prompt of mug once, I chose my favorite mug that I use every morning. Uh, this was my view this morning, only the plate was empty as I'd just eaten some scrambled eggs. There were little flecks of egg there, but in my mind I imagined a lovely slice of pumpkin pie. I quickly doodled a simple ink outline, adding in the completely dreamed up slice of pie. With such little ink, splashes of watercolor had to conjure up my dream from there. In reality, I didn't get a slice of pumpkin pie tonight, but Philippe did make a lovely spinach and goat cheese quiche. So I did get something rather pie-like after all. I was thrilled and felt like a kid with a magic crayon. Even if it didn't produce the exact drawing, it was delicious and something vaguely similar that I equally adore. In truth, I have to admit to simply loving pastry and pie crust. It's truly the most amazing thing in the world. And it's only during this time of year that Trader Joe's has their frozen puff pastry imported from France. I've been getting one each time we go on a weekly grocery trip until Philippe told me to stop because our freezer was full. This pastry is considered seasonal because it's for imagined sweet things, but we love to use it for savory dishes that are amazing year-round. So I'm determined that we'll be stocked and ready for the coming year. There are actually lots of foods that only make an appearance this time of year. Last year, we didn't get our Anton Berg chocolates from Costco because we waited too late and they disappeared. So this year, we've already gotten two boxes. There's also a bourbon-aged maple syrup that only shows up this time of year. Philippe was thrilled to see it, but I had to remind him that he'd already stocked four jugs in the garage. While I love that there's a comeback of family recipes this time of year, I'm not as fond of the grocery approach. It's like this is the only time of year that Americans care about food and ingredients, so everything gets exceptional overnight. While this may be largely true, it's sad that these treats aren't available year-round. Yet it's always good to know that more people are celebrating with extra lovely treats with their friends and family. That's why I love this time of year most of all. It's like that little reward for making it through another year in the first place. No matter what you celebrate these last few months of the year, there's always something beautiful and exceptional happening. It's like we're all celebrating a global birthday together. And indeed, perhaps we are. Another year is coming to a close in just a few weeks. Perhaps like me, you perfectly failed to do everything you imagined you might. But I hope also, like me, you had a perfectly awesome time trying. That's pretty much how I live each day. I started with a lovely mug of coffee and end up patting myself on the back and saying, you did all you could and yay for tomorrow. 
While that almost sounds a bit sad, it's not at all. I live each day doing all that I happily can. I don't try to do more than feels right in the moment. Everything will work out as it's intended, and I always want to be sure I'm experiencing joy in whatever I choose to do next. That said, I have a lovely habit of stressing myself out by adding way too many things on my plate. But then I pick through them. Some are just flux of egg, and others have the potential to become pumpkin pie. It's the world of a dreamer to be sure, yet it's a lovely world to inhabit. I never try to force things to happen, but there's never really any harm in imagining a treat. little bandit. For a prompt of raccoon once, I opted for a little one with an apple. Recently, I sketched my dog Phineas and his friends, which included a raccoon named Bob. We imagine that our dog has lots of animal friends like this because he doesn't really seem to enjoy other dogs. We build an imagined cast of friends that includes a squirrel, cat, and raccoon. Though the actual friendships are up for question, the animals actually do exist. Bob, the raccoon's primary claim to fame was the unfortunate habit of pooping on our back balcony, a terribly odd and unpleasant form of housewarming. This is not how one should behave, of course, so I imagine Bob a bit sorry for all the trouble he caused and giving us a much nicer offering in the form of an apple. Recently, I heard the familiar clump on our roof that was usually Bob scurrying across to frantically get to our balcony to do his business. When I got up and looked, however, there was nothing to be found. Perhaps he's learned better manners. In truth, raccoons only live about two to three years in the wild, so I'm not sure if Bob is even still with us. But it's nice to imagine him still visiting us with far improved social skills. I think raccoons are very cute, though with their little dark masks and habit of stealing food, they do seem a bit like nature's bandits. Actually, Bandit was the name given to the world's fattest raccoon, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Apparently, this was because of a thyroid problem and not because he took in too much food. His story began in a rather interesting fashion in that he was originally adopted by a dog and raised as one of its puppies. He was later adopted by a woman in Pennsylvania and lived to be 10 years old. I'm not sure if he ever really knew he was too large and lived a rather wonderful life in spite of his incurable health problems. And what's rather intriguing is that he also most likely thought he was a dog as well, as that's the only family he'd ever known. This just makes me love Bandit all the more. These bits of trivia always intrigue me. There's so much that's unusual in the world, so the bits that are unusual become endlessly fascinating to me. Whether bits of fun facts or bits of fun fiction, it's a joy to imagine the odder bits this world has to offer. It keeps life interesting. That's why Philippe and I imagine a far more involved life for our little Phineas. He's quite smart and has a very unique personality, so it doesn't take much to fill in the gaps and create a full narrative universe. Well, at least that's what happens when two creative people let their minds wander. I think that's my favorite part of making things. I'm never sure what will come out, and it's fun to fill in the gaps as I write something to go with the sketch I just made. I think that if I carefully planned each of these posts, I would have quit soon after I started. There's something a bit magical when an internal dialogue starts to speak out loud. Sure, it always means that things don't always work out as expected sometimes, but that's the way I like it most. 
It's why I love watercolor, the most unexpected of all painting mediums, and why I enjoy doodling. I've no idea what tomorrow will bring, but today it was all about Bob. Wherever he is right now, I have to admit that I do have a rather fond feeling for that furry little bandit. When I grow up. For a prompt of penguins once, I opted for a little trio of emperor penguins featuring a baby with his mom and dad. I remember back when I was still shorter than my parents and I had so many dreams of what I would do when I got big like them. Now, of course, I realize that growing up is well overrated and I've been avoiding it my entire life. I'm not entirely certain what baby penguins dream about, but as always, I like to imagine it's very much the same. Today was a rather stressfully busy day, and when I went to sketch, I suddenly started stippling. Making little dots proved to be quite a wonderful stress reliever, but also meant that I had to make them with lightning speed in order to finish in my tiny bit of sketching time. One would think this would only stress me out further, but art always has the opposite effect. A few hundred dots later, created in record time, I felt rather awesome. Yet it was all my inner child once more. That kid can do anything he sets his mind to doing. So yes, even though we must grow old, growing up will always remain a choice. Years ago, I remember being told by someone in a work meeting that I was acting like a child after I was giggling with a co-worker. This person was one of those serious types whose smiles are more feigned than genuine and always seem like they take a great deal of effort bordering on pain. In other words, the type of person that is driven to the very brink of insanity in the presence of someone like me. The fact that I responded to the intended insult with a cheerful thanks didn't help much to win favor. There are some people I've met who were so incredibly serious I never actually heard them laugh. This is very disconcerting for me as I can't even imagine a life without laughter. It barely feels like living at all. Obviously, we never met up after work as we had so very little in common, but I sort of always wanted to meet them after hours. I was so curious to know if the seriousness was just a facade or something inherent and immovable in their personality. Surely they would find something funny in the safety of their own world, but I could never prove it. Perhaps they had actually grown up after all. These days, I still get in trouble for giggling during meetings, but seriously, there's a lot of silly things that happen in meetings that I find impossible to ignore. And I have this habit of always trying to make people giggle when we meet. It's how I know we're alike. Not that they appreciate my jokes, of course. I just like the sound of someone's laughter. It's like listening to a person's soul. I can then see them more clearly and enjoy our time together even more. Maybe we don't have all that much in common, or like penguins, look quite similar, but there's always something there. For me, the greatest connection we could ever share in this world is simply joy. That's so simple it's almost ridiculous. I'm sure the serious people would scoff at such a view. There are so many problems in the world and so much strife after all. It's not like a smile is going to solve any of it, they might say. But when my happy meets your happy, I truly believe that something magical occurs. There's a little blip of hope that gets added to the universe. Maybe that's completely naive, but I'll never really know for sure until that very last breath 
when I grow up. The Love We Share For a prompt of giraffe ones, I sketched a mother giraffe and her little baby. There's just something so sweet about seeing any animal interact with their newborn. For many of them, it's simply an exercise in instinct, but I always like to view it as how it appears, like true love. And there's really nothing better in this world than love. This time of year is my favorite because I always end up getting to spend more time with friends and family. It's a time to relive old traditions and sometimes even start new ones. I'm excited to see my mother in a few weeks when I travel to Texas to visit my family there. Though unlike these giraffes, the mother and son positions are reversed. I actually tower over my mother by almost a foot. We always make jokes about that with each other. Sometimes I will walk toward her like I'm about to hug her, miss her entirely, and end up hugging myself. She smirks and makes a crack about the weather up there and the clouds, and then we hug. It's a ritual that never gets old, even as we both get older. And I'm thrilled to spend time with her again soon. Tonight we're having a couple friends over for dinner. Since our dog thinks he runs everything in our house, we refer to it as attending Cafe Phineas. It's actually been a year since this particular restaurant was open. The head chef, of course, is Philippe, since Phineas doesn't really know how to cook. This doesn't stop him from carefully watching every move Philippe makes as though he does know exactly what is happening and is ensuring the quality of the meal. For my part, I don't cook, so I do the cleaning. This involved finding our dining room table. It was still in its usual place, but had various things stacked on it, since we never use it when it's just the two of us. For the menu, Philippe decided on French onion soup, chicken cordon bleu, and potatoes. We'll be starting with a cheese plate and champagne, so it really will feel like going out to a restaurant. And best of all, we'll get to spend some quality time with our good friends. These are the things in life that remind me I always have everything I need. It doesn't take much to make me happy in life. Sure, uh, more money would always be nice, but I'll always find myself enjoying the things money can't buy much more. And as I cleaned house today and tried to make things presentable for our friends, I found silly little trinkets we'd acquired. Each time I grabbed one to try to figure out where the heck it should go, memories flash back to me. It was magical to remember that fun trip to California or simply that fun find on a regular trip to home goods. That's part of the reason for the accumulation of things. For Philippe and I, nearly anything can be made valuable simply for the reminder of the moment. Not even a big or notable moment, just a moment spent together or with a friend we adore. And as I shuffled each little thing into its proper place in the house, I found myself actually enjoying cleaning. It wasn't a chore. It was just a lovely trip through all of the little things that remind me of the love we share. Surfing Under the Waves 
For a prompt of turtle once, I chose a sea turtle underwater and chasing a wave, or at least that's what I had in my head when I made the little sketch. I imagined my turtle spotting a surfer and wondering what it might be like to be just like him, sailing through the air on top of a wave instead of always swimming beneath it. I think many times in my life I've felt like this turtle. I see someone who's doing something that looks absolutely amazing and then wish I had their particular skill or talent. But also, as I'm sure this little turtle discovered, I soon realized that I'm only ever at my best when I'm being the best me that I possibly can. For example, there are always people out there who are way more skilled at creating art than me, but I keep getting a little better each day. A little doodle wash a day, as it were, and something I encourage everyone to do. What I personally love is watching people improve on a daily basis without even realizing that it's happening. Sure, there's the occasional worry, a feeling of being rushed and not always having enough time, but we should always be proud of our own unique skills. For example, though a sea turtle can't navigate a surfboard, he can hold his breath for four to seven hours. This indeed would be enviable to that surfer sailing above those waves. What I've learned in life and keep relearning as I continually remind myself of this fact is that we all have a unique and wonderful talent. There's that one thing that we have that's just special and not quite like anyone else. Sure, there's probably more than one thing, but there's always that one very noticeable thing, the thing others mention about us. Most likely, it's not even about our technical skill and whatever creative thing we're making, but something more, an intangible quality that many remark on, but everyone has a slightly different way to describe it. So sometimes we fail to even realize what it is, but it's always there defining us in the best way possible. It's that spark inside of us that makes us attractive to others. Any art we create is simply an expression of this spark. So I contend that it's always beautiful. When I often like bomb people and seem to tell everyone that what they made is beautiful, I'm not just being nice. I truly see the beauty in everything that people create. And when I've seen several things from the same person, the work just keeps getting more and more beautiful to me. I've met their spark. I know them. And it's absolutely lovely. Though I started this art journey on my own, I feel like I found a new family in the process. The hallmark of family is that they just get you, in a way that most others simply cannot. I think that's the beauty of painting, sketching, and blogging together. We're not alone on this journey. We're not setting out to impress those who have never met us, but simply sharing a bit of ourselves each day with those who know us. Well, at least, that's what keeps me coming back each and every day. I'm thrilled when someone I've not met before enjoys my art, of course, but my heart fills up when someone I've already met takes the time to comment again. And I'm fully aware that I still don't do all of the things everyone else does. I've managed to make two instructional books and another one is nearly complete, and I'm still rather shy about making videos. But that's the thing, I just show up as me, perfectly flawed and never trying to be someone else. Me. I'm sure there's a better me I could affect, but that would break from my own philosophy. My goal has only ever been to be the best me possible. And as I watch others online and I wish I were more like them, I have to admit that I rather love the special place I've found, surfing under the waves.
Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Thank you.